Welcome to the Real Estate Reserve Podcast with your hosts, Jason Balin and Ian Horowitz. What's up? What's up? What's up? How's everybody doing? Oh, man. You, love that in- you love that intro, don't you? Dude, I, it just it gets you pumped, man. The music. I also like a lot of EDM music, sweet beats. It kind of just gets me in the mood. When I'm grind, honestly though, like when I'm grinding on like mind numbing stuff, like you know, setting up, uh, like going reconciling accounts or you know, transactional type work. I literally put on EDM music, and it just gets me in the. I don't know. It's just like the beat, you know, it just gets you yeah, going. Yeah, I got I got you. You know, when I was used to doing a lot of like website stuff and stuff that you can put headphones on and just jam to music, I was like that as well. Doing real estate deals and staying focused and looking at stuff and being on the phone, not not so much. So welcome everyone to the Real Estate Reserve uh, podcast. Today is April 23rd. If this is the first time you've ever hopped on, you will realize that we timestamp everything that we do. We pretty much uh, have been going live every day for the past 35 days since uh, all of this uh, weirdness, let's just call it, this weirdness has happened. Uh, We want to bring everybody up to date with what's going on in the local real estate community. Over the past few weeks, we brought in real estate agents, real estate investors, uh, other real estate pros and service providers to help everybody uh, with what's going on. You know, it's very interesting. Real estate as a whole is is still up and running. It seems that everybody's very optimistic. Now everybody's still cautious, but but at the same time optimistic. Uh, we're going to introduce you to a buddy of ours, Chris Krzyzniak, in very, very, very momentarily. And we're going to get some insight related to what he's seen. Uh, we talked to him for a second uh, uh, ahead of time, and you know he's been extremely busy. And it just seems like everybody in real estate right now has been uh, extremely, extremely busy. And it's it's interesting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> no, and the biggest thing, like you were saying, is that you know realtors get to see the ins and outs. I apologize, I was doing all the group shares. Um, you know, they see the ins and outs of everything, right? And uh, I think the only way to find out what's going on, we let's bring Chris in now and uh, give it cool. to us. Let's hear what cool. he's saying. Chris, Chris Krzyznik, what's going on? Good to see everybody. How you doing, guys? What's up, guys? Uh, we're doing great. So uh, why don't we just start off? Why don't you just give everybody a quick background about yourself? We'll start with that. A quick background about yourself, and then maybe what you are currently seeing slash experiencing right now. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. So I've been a realtor since 2003. And uh, funny story, I met Jason through real estate when we were first at our office together, uh, which we got our buddy Brett put up some old business cards, which were great, but that's another story. But uh, <laughs> been going since 2003, we went through the first big crash in 07, 08. And um, uh, right now we've steadily done for the past five, six years, I've done 30 transactions plus 10, 12, 15 million in that area. And it's just been, you know, kind of a solo project. Um, and this year I had a good transaction coordinator. We've got a part-time buyer's agent, 44 transactions. I think I closed 15 million. Wow. So been a good, it was a good 2019. It looked like it's, uh, 2020 was starting out well too. And then we kind of had this happen, which kind of made everybody apprehensive. 
Sure. Yeah. I mean, impressive for, uh, you know, one man operation, you know, as long as I've known you since 03, you've always been a one man operation. And I'm guessing that's kind of what meets your mold, you know, meets kind of you, you the most, you know, what are some things that you've had to kind of adapt to? And I know we mentioned, you mentioned earlier that things were actually really, really good and strong inside your business right now. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people, you know, are they mostly buyers or sellers currently right now? And, you know, what are some of the things that you've been doing to, ad- to adapt um, with, you know, some of the rules, regulations, uh, consumer confidence with either not get, you know, uncomfortable going inside houses, things like that. So here, here's a little secret. Like, um, I've been, I just got back yesterday into town. I've been at my parents' ranch with my family for the past almost five weeks. So when this happened, like when it started really happening, I said, are we going to shelter in place on, in my yard and in my house, or am I going to go out to my, my folks' ranch and are we going to ride four wheelers and hang out and basically come and go as we please. So five weeks ago, we drove out to my parents' house in North Dakota. Uh, and we've been out there and I've been conducting business out there ever since I've had a couple partners in the office that have handled business for me. And, um, like they've handled showings and inspections and stuff, but it's been, business as usual. I have, since I left for North Dakota, I've had one settlement. I've had two listings ratify and I've had four buyers ratify purchase contracts, one of which is a short sale that we got approval on within 10 days. Uh, wow. And that, you did all that from uh, in North Dakota? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's either that or I guess from his house. Here. I mean, what's the difference, right? I guess that's the advantage of the world we live in now. The, the, the beautiful, so the beautiful thing about what's happened in real estate in the last like re, like recently is like you can literally do almost except for showing a house, you can do everything on my phone. I don't have like I don't have to I don't have to go to the office. Me and Jason used to hang out at the office like six hours a day. We'd go get lunch. We'd do something. We you know we'd have to go to the forms cabinet and get all the forms and crap. We don't do that anymore. I don't. I mean, I don't even got to, with COVID. I don't even got to turn in earnest money deposit checks or settlement checks. I don't. We don't. You don't go to settlement. You do the final walkthrough. You show the house. You arrange your home inspection. You arrange the appraisal. You do everything remotely, like literally everything. So it. All right. It, well, you don't have to. You don't have as much window time. You got to have a little more screen time with your clients and a little right. more phone time. But it's great. So. You said you got a new listing while you were out in North Dakota. Did I hear that right? Well, yeah, two. We we rushed we rushed to get it on the market. It's a little condo in Frederick, a ground floor unit that we had. I put it on the market on a Friday, and I had offers Friday night. And then wow. people were when I changed the status, people were calling me on Monday, like almost giving me a hard time that we weren't on the market long enough. Really? What? Why? Why do you think? Uh, why do you think real estate's selling so quickly right now? Right yeah, now, idea. just right well, now, just in general. Uh, so I like to come, everybody asks because it, it's getting to be that time. And, and with the economic factors and this happening, they're like, what about a real estate correction? So in my mind, like Jason, you and I, we, we lived through that last real estate cor- correction. And I remember distinctly, even though I was like, I don't know, 25 years old or something. You I mean you could get people approved on $700,000 mortgages that were working at Applebee's. I mean, it was, you know, I mean, just the, the irresponsibility, you could tell we were drinking 
cheap liquor and we were we were due for a hangover and when that when that train stopped it was done and now like you you look at everything now the lending guidelines for normal mortgages are pretty they're they're not what they were they may be a little bit relaxed from the apex of frank dodd but it's responsible lending in my opinion or more responsible than it was when, when the crash happened and we've got employment up the wazoo in in the area like we're never going to have a problem so long as the federal government and, and companies like amazon are, are putting offices here <clears throat> yeah no, that makes that makes a lot of sense plus you got low um we got low interest rates right now yeah you know, it's favorable conditions all around yeah and that uh we've heard that common theme we interviewed tim kane the other day um who's a dc northern virginia type guy um and he said he's had the same type of movement so it's interesting to hear that you know, everybody is is seeing somewhat similar. Um, actually, I had a guy at work the other day ask me, you know, is now a good time to buy? Well, you know, I guess the ultimate question, is it right for you, right? Interest rates are good. You know, is there going to be this massive correction? Who knows? But, you know, in the end, you need a place to live, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. and we've, you know, and I've shared this story with a bunch of people. You know, we put a property on the market, one of our rental properties that we turned over and put some money into and we wanted to sell it a week before all this happened. And we we're like, yeah, I mean, whatever. If this all goes down, so be it. And, you know, a week later, after this all this happened, there were still showings and someone paid above market for it, you know. Yeah. And we reached out to him because I was really curious. And he was like, you know, this is the house that I want to live in. Interest rates are low. Um you know, I don't know if he had a thought process if the property would decrease over time or not decrease over time. But let's say it does decrease a little bit over time just because consumer confidence with this. And we haven't seen that happen, but let's say it, it did. Cheap interest rates still help. He was able to lock in and get a cheap interest rate and it made and it made a lot of financial sense to him. So, you know, who knows what happens if interest rates, uh, you know, end up trending up, up higher. They haven't, obviously. And I agree, like money's not given away. And it's not the easiest thing to get it to get a home loan, but like they're they're out there. And you know, for quali for qualified, you know, homeowners, uh, they're available. And you know, that's usually the driving train of the real estate market in general is when you do a flip uh, or your homeowner, can your next buyer get get a loan? Yeah, I mean, it's it's any market. Is it, what is what I'm selling. Does it have demand? Which means in, in real estate is like, can a buyer get the financing? Does the house appeal to buyers? You know, I, I mean, it's simple supply and demand. The conditions at this point in time in our area are, and, and, and they're not gonna, it doesn't look like any of those conditions are gonna change too drastically in the foreseeable future, which is why you still see people wanting, wanting to buy property um, they look at, they probably right now look at this as a temporary thing. Do you, do you think we're going to have a mini boom come the economy opening up in the next, you know, this summer based on there's just not a lot of active listings. I, we've been watching trends uh, related to, uh, you know, whatever listings going on the market and there's just not. And if, you know, I, I can only say from what I've seen in neighborhoods that I'm active in, just doesn't seem like a lot of properties are going on the market. So do you think because of that, there will be a little interesting spike in the summer? Yeah. I, I So when I say I still send daily updates to my to my buyers and to my sellers. So I get to see 
like a macro of what of what's happening and and you know how many listings are coming on and what's getting absorbed and the amount of properties that i send to people is definitely down it hasn't spiked up like it normally does in april um the most the the price ranges where you see that most is those jumbo loans where where sure. properties are jumbos i think that is going to be once that breaks i think that's going to get uber uber competitive like once once that log jam breaks we're going to have a lot of business in that 500 plus range in that 700 plus range and higher sure yeah no that's interesting because typically what happens and if you recall you know as you know 07 or whatever you know higher end stuff typically uh gets hit a lot the lower end stuff gets hit a lot the condos the kind of the unique types of projects get hit a lot but again that's all relative to the area you know and it's interesting you know i, I said a comment yesterday that not many people agreed with but in general, I believe, and, and Ian likes to say that I believe that DC area is insulated, and I don't believe that. I believe it's more insulated than other areas of the country, obviously. I mean, guess what? The federal government, you know, the majority of those employees are still work, you know, still getting paid right now. Um, you know, so it is fortunate that a lot of that's in place, but also in general, two things. Number one, there's not all that many areas in the areas that we kind of all, all operate that the difference between how much you can run a property for and your mortgage on a property that you purchase are it's just not if if i want to go buy you know if you want to go buy a property for five hundred thousand dollars the rental rate in that area would be twenty eight hundred bucks or three thousand bucks if you want to go buy a property for three hundred thousand dollars your rental rates potentially you know fifteen hundred bucks so because of that go ahead i know you want to jump in on this so i just had a Zoom appointment with a buyer he's looking him and his fiance are looking in dc and and like rockville area yeah. like something along the red line for a condo and they're like well we want it that rental you know we want to be able to to rent it out and it's like well the, number one don't get an fha loan and number two put yeah. five or ten percent down and in three years you might you probably be able to rent it out for positive cash flow yeah. and you, it, it's uncanny how correlated those things are it's it's correlated and that's why it's not like stuff's just going to depreciate so much that, you know, a $400,000 house, you're gonna pick up for 100,000. You know, I feel like real estate investors believe that, hey, you know, licking our chops, like the time's gonna come. And I do believe that there's there's gonna be a lot more, you know, right now, as we know, there's just not enough pain to sellers in the marketplace. There just yeah. isn't, you know, we, we've been tracking what happened on April 1st related to, you know, mortgage payments that come in or, or rental, you know, tenants paying their rents. And most, you know, most across the board, at least locally, have been okay on that. Now, May 1st is a different story, and then who knows what happens into June. So I'm not stating that that's going to be always like that. But in general, there's only so low that, that stuff like this is going to happen. And, you know, the other thing we were talking about yesterday that Vernon Vaughn laughed at me about, Ian, was I truly believe that D.C. in general, D.C. is expensive, but it's not unreasonable, uh, com like crazy irrational, I should say, compared to other areas of the country. I mean, you yeah. know, I mean, Columbia Heights, you know, I mean, listen, I've seen Columbia Heights double or triple in value over the last 10 or 13, 15 years since we've been lending um, and other areas as well. But, you know, there's other parts of the country, you know, New York, San Francisco, areas like that, that, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, absolutely. New York, San Fran, and, you know, like your underlying theme of like even Philadelphia, you know, where I grew up, you know, just watching that place blow up. Like I can't you know, like going down the city and, and just seeing everything that's going on there. 
it's absolutely crazy. But you know, people say the same thing to me. When's the discounts? When the discounts? Look, taxes. You still got to pay your taxes. You still got to pay your water. You still got to pay your electric. You still got all these things coming in that miraculously, like you're saying, is prices just aren't going to diminish overnight. And if they do, there's a lot of other things that need to be offset. And now you have a financial crisis. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't. I didn't mean to derail you, but I agree with you yeah. that comparatively speaking to Baltimore. DC is insanely expensive, but DC even compared to Nova, right? Like Nova is even more expensive than DC. But then you go up the road to where Chris is in Frederick, comparatively speaking for what you get are two totally different things. So the beauty about like what I really like is I have a distinct client base in Frederick. Yeah. I have a distinct client base in Montgomery County. I have a distinct client base in Nova. Like I have three or four regions that I, that I just service clients in and they're all very different, but I can tell you right now, Nova's very, very competitive. Like you need to get in properties ASAP and you need to get an offer in as soon as you can. But most properties in Frederick are the same way, you know, yeah, uh, it's been blowing up. You know, Titans corner. You see the, and, and, and then you come out to West Virginia, the prices are more affordable. And they, you know, things are more affordable the further away from the beltway you get, but it's still, it's affordable housing. Interest rates are low, conditions are favorable, and people are people don't want to rent. Yeah, yeah, and also like we can use the, the word supply and demand in so many different ways. And you know, I remember growing up in in Rockville, Montgomery County, and like we didn't even really know where Frederick was back back then. And then all of a sudden, someone moves to Frederick because they could buy the exact same style house for a hundred thousand dollars cheaper. But again, um, you know, let's call that 20, 20% cheaper. I don't know, whatever it is. But then again, you know, if they're commuted to the city to, uh, to work, you know, to work somewhere, you know, government job and they're commuted to the city, all of a sudden, instead of having a 20 minute ride, it's an hour ride. And, you know, now from Rockville to the city, obviously it's over an hour, even on Metro, like it's a disaster. Don't get me wrong. But just in general, that's how it works. You know, you're in the core and then you kind of expand outwards and then you have, um obviously like good pockets you know here and then a good pocket here but it, but again it, it has to do with supply and demand for jobs i mean on your end it doesn't matter i mean for chris what you're trying to accomplish it doesn't matter if you're in the heart of the city if you're in west virginia if you're in frederick or in baltimore it doesn't matter your time type of line of work but the masses uh you know have, are, are impacted a lot obviously a lot a lot more than that so well, no i mean go ahead I was going to, I was just going to ask a question to that exact point is <clears throat> Chris, how do you handle your marketing or your message? You know, the difference, you know, there's a lot of message messages that are being changed currently with the pandemic, but forget the pandemic. That's a whole nother thing going on. Um, but how do you change your messages between who you market to in Frederick and Nova and West Virginia? Do you have different conversations? You know, you're saying you have different clientele. Is there a way that you navigate that? Is there something that you can tell real estate investors, Hey, or, whoever, like, you know, how do you match that message to your client? So primarily I work by referral. Right. I don't, I don't market for clients. I like, I get referrals and that's all I really do. And that's, that's right. enough to feed my family. And I'm pretty happy with that. So I, I am more of an advisor to people. So take, for instance, I got a buddy who's really well known helped him buy a condo, I think two or three years ago. And like it, it was a diamond in a gold, like it was a diamond. It was perfect, 
we bought it undervalued. It needed very little work. And that particular neighborhood was just stagnant for, for the time we were in. And um, I think he made $60,000 just going off the comps in two years on a condo. And it's in the Ketlands. Like, wow. for those of you who know the Ketlands, like, <laughs> it, it wasn't a terribly undervalued. We just found a diamond in a gold. Like, it was perfect. So nice. you, you, look, you look for those little opportunities. You look for undervalued developments, little, little pockets. Um, you know, take, for instance, like the Mosaic District. Kind of look around the Mosaic District to see, like, if, you're, if I'm looking for an investor, I'll look for something on the border of that Mosaic District to see if there's any discrepancies, you know, or if there's any hidden gems. Um, Ashburn properties right now. All the stuff going up in Ashburn. There's a lot of deals in there. So, yeah, that place is uh, that place is blown up, right? That Chris, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. Let me go through a few of these real quick, and then I've got two pertinent questions for you, Jimmy. What's going on? Hope you're well. First time here, Kenneth. What's up, Kenneth? William, I think we somewhat answered this related to. Do you think uh, related to a lot of the government workers? Uh, continuing to get paid. Do you think that helps insulate the DC area when all this is done? Yeah, I think in general, the DC area stays a, a little bit more insulated, especially in the median housing price areas and the affordable and affordable areas. We are, um, all, we are all parasites on the, uh, on the federal government's utter. Yes, we are. Um, We're all benefiting from that. Uh, okay. Uh, shoot. There's one other thing I was going to say. Oh, and the other thing related to it, you know, you can take the word insulated out of it. I think in general, the median housing price neighborhoods are the ones that, you know, stay the strongest. I just do, you know, they're, that's where, you know, the reason it's called median is because that's where, you know, average household income is going to be and can afford. So I think areas like those, there's always, you know, good amount of supply and a, and a good amount of demand. Um, what Chris, so what kind of advice could you give agents that are maybe having a difficult time right now? Because not all agents have an established business. Um, some of them, you know, are, are kind of jammed up with, you know, especially, and there's some agents in some areas that can't even do business because real estate's not essential in, in some areas. Yeah. yeah, exactly. In Pennsylvania, like what kind of advice would you give, would you give some agents right now that are just either have downtime or, or what? I don't know. You always can cultivate your database. So even in times like this, like you, if you can't leave the house, you can text or you can call for, you know, God forbid you call an employee or a, a, someone from your database. Like God forbid, like pick up the phone, call some of your friends and, and, and check in on them. Like, just see how you're doing. Is everything okay? Oh, I'm doing fine. I really don't have anything to do. I My buyers are kind of on, on the back burner and I don't have anything to do right now, but I do anticipate us having some really busy months ahead once this whole thing, like just get into conversations with people. And if you don't know who to get into a conversation with, look at your phone, take your 10, the 10 people in your phone that are most like that you would consider most likely to give you to, to give you a referral or to refer somebody who's looking to buy or sell. Find those 10 people. Call them this week. You could probably do it in one day, but call them this week. Yeah, interesting. 
I mean, just, just, just without pressure, contact, see how your people are doing and, and, and get to know them and, and you'll stay in front of them. You can do some stuff on social media like this is great. Um, you could do it. My only thing with social media is people end up spending hours on social media and accomplishing absolutely nothing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's very easy to about it, but like you can sit there and do that all day long and it won't accomplish anything. You've got to be productive on social media. Yeah, that's uh that is um a hundred percent a fact. And uh it uh it kills me to jump on here sometimes and do these things because I'm like, oh, I'm down a wormhole. Let me see, check the comments. How many views do I have? Oh, look at that video. Shoot. Uh, but the good I think you guys are doing awesome, like stuff like this. You're providing content, which is good. You shouldn't yeah. consume content, you should provide it. Exactly. And then that, that's something I was going to say back to you is that, you know, you talk about seeing, feeling, touching, and we can't do the feeling or touching, but we can do this, kind of do the seeing. Um, I've been in, listening to a few podcasts. I like to consume some content up and down, uh, going to the office is that, you know, a lot of people I've heard recently over the past few days that say, check in on your investors, check in on your tenants, check in on your contractors, check on whoever. It's the same exact message. Absolutely. We're all people. Um, Jason will like this one. I sent it to a group text that we have is that Simon Sinek. Uh, I don't want to refer to another podcast, but I'll put it out there. How I built this. Um, Guy Raz interviewed Simon Sinek for 20 minutes. And that's the exact thing he said. I'm reaching out to my team members, finding out what's going on and saying hi. I'm saying hi to my clients. I'm saying yep. hi to everybody. And it goes a long way right now. Yeah, I think I think to, I think you can, you know, sum that up in like three different activities on a per day basis. You know, number one, reaching out to all your employees, reaching out to your your staff, reaching out to your sphere of influence, reaching out to your clients. I mean, we do that on on uh, existing clients and our current portfolio just to see what's up. Hey, we're here. We're happy to help you out. We'll show you value. We want to make sure we're in front of you. That's slight offense and defense at the same time. Right. You know, I can help you if you have anything new, if you have any issues, especially for uh, more, you know, someone who owes you rent or owes you uh uh, interest or whatever the case is, you can play some defense on that. So that's the first thing. The second thing is obviously being proactive inside your current um, right? bi business, bi business that you have, right? I mean, we've been busier than ever with, with opportunities. Yeah. Now, obviously a lot of it is kind of weeding through, uh, you know, as many as many as possible and making sure we're able to do the, the best ones. But in general, you know, you can give maybe a little bit more of individual attention to current clients right now and show as much value as possible. Um, I also would overlap providing content uh, for them as for them as well, things like this. Um, and then number three, you know, learning and educating yourself on a regular basis. I mean, I I did a lot of that for the first week because I had felt like I had some some downtime. Literally the first what's that? The second week of March, and I was super excited about it. I was like, cool, I'm going to be able to you know catch up on podcasts. I'm going to continue to you know educate myself because I, I try to do like two hours a day of that. And lately, uh, and one of the goals that I Ian made me set last Friday was I like to do two hours a day. And currently, I've only been doing about an hour a day. So since then, Ian, I'm back to two hours a day. There we go. Uh, we, we, we hours of the night and morning because I want to get that education in because this is a good time to do it. If people have free time or if they're not busy to, you know, to, to do that and I would even add, and I don't know which one this jumps in, like this is the time to go all in on marketing. This is the time to like put strategies in place well, moving forward. You literally yeah, I don't mean, have, like some of us don't have transactions. So like yeah. what, what else can you do? 
Yeah, I, I get it. If you don't, yeah, if you don't have if you don't have transactions and you're a real estate investor, or a real estate agent, or or an appraiser, and you you can't, you know, you're not allowed to go appraise properties right now. Go figure out a marketing play immediately. Create your strategy right right now, and you know that could be as easy as texting or emailing or calling people like Chris said, or it could be like I'm going to put together a marketing campaign. I'm going to learn Facebook ads. I'm going to learn Google ads. You know, right now, Google ads, Facebook ads have gotten significantly cheaper and a lot of people are not on there. I've been searching some very big keywords that I've uh, spent a lot of money over the last 15 years on and they are pretty darn cheap with very little competition right now on all of the platforms. So, you know, a quote that Gary Vee said uh, and something I watched three weeks ago is he <laughs> he was challenging these huge CEOs of these major companies that are either shut down or have more free time to learn these platforms themselves. Because he says this is such a, you know, this, this is when, you know, th this is the time that most people have never had in their life, um, depending on what business you're in, to, to go and spend time on, on important aspects that you don't even know how they operate. It's, it, and yeah, admit, like, you have nothing more productive to do. Learn your systems. Like this, I wish I've been appreciative of this last month because it's like, I don't have to go to wrestling practice. We don't got to go to basketball practice. We don't got to like all those extracurricular activities. Everything just came to a screeching halt. Now you can really say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like block my day out get this stuff done. I'm going to allow myself this time for this, that time for that. And here we go. And if you can do that, like, man, that, that, well, that, that, that was going to lead me to, to my next question too. Um, I was going down that same road. Oh, you want to, do you want to ask that question? Wait, uh, let me, let me, let me answer TJ real quick. Yeah. TJ. So, okay. So if you have a property under contract that you, that you already secured, you're trying to find a hard money lender. Well, if you're in if you're in the local area where we are, Maryland, Virginia, or DC, and then we have an office in Philly, New Jersey, and Delaware, you know, feel free to just email me at Jason at hardmoneybankers.com and I'm happy to help. Uh, a few other key ways to find hard money lenders throughout the country. Uh, you could search on uh, obviously Google for them. You know, right now uh, there's a lot less lenders out there. So, you know, the, the real ones are still gonna be spending money on Google AdWords, which like we are every day. So um, if they're not lending, they're probably not going to be spending, you know, the, the, the high click, the high click rates. Uh, so go, go there, go to reiclub.com. That's another option and go under, uh, the classified sections under hard money lenders. And there's some good ones, good ones there. Um, and you know, when meetup groups and real estate investment association groups are back online and back in business, you know, going to a lot of those networking groups is a, is a good way to do it. But if you have any questions related to that, just shoot me an email, Jason at hardmoneybankers.com. And if it's a, a, I might have a referral for you if it's not, if you're looking for somebody outside this area. And uh, TJ, more importantly, we're about to learn how you manage eight kids because Chris, I don't know how you do it. If I'm reading this correctly, it says- Yeah, so it's nine. I didn't know if it was eight. I forgot, see this is a, Chris, your website, I counted eight. I counted eight kids on the most recent Man, picture that you had on your website. I know. And I wasn't the baby's sure. two months old. Like we haven't done the family pictures because of COVID or something. Like, I know. I wasn't well, you got nine sure. kids. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I can't handle, yo, I can't, let alone afford it. I can't well, that, handle it too. Like, God. So part one of, eight, one part of the reason I've been a solo operation and I'm just happy to do <laughs> 
Like, I don't need to be a mega, like, I don't need to do 200 transactions a year. I want to do enough transactions to feed my family because my time is, you know, I got to take care of it. And I, I got to help my wife keep this whole thing on the, on, keep everybody on board. And that is uh, a lot of effort. So right. you got to drive the bus to and from school. You got to. You gotta take the tractor trailer to yeah, go. We do, a, we do have a 15 passenger Ford Transit. My man, that is uh he, he had Ian, he had zero kids when I met him. Zero kids, yeah. and then he popped out one, and then pretty much every year, just a new one came every out. Every other year. <laughs> every other year. Wow. So that's it, what it comes it, up with every other year. Like, you know, for a kid, I I graduated high school from North Dakota. I grew up in a town of 400 people. I went to the Marine Corps. I spent four years out in California. I met a girl from Maryland. I never lived on the East Coast before. So when I was getting out, I said, let's go to the East Coast. Let's see what happens. I got into real estate and no college education, less than a year in the state. And I hit the ground running and it's been it's been great ever since. There's there's it's not easy all the time, but it's like I consider myself very lucky. It's been a great it's been a great trip. Yeah, no, we're uh, we're lucky to have you on here and interview, and you know, uh, thank you for serving the country. Obviously, that's uh, number one, and number two, that's awesome that you know you take care of uh, take care of your family. I'm glad you enjoy the East Coast because the West Coast is a little rough. So. You got kids, Ian? I have I have two. Two's uh, two's. You got to name two. Two's, two's <laughs> amateur. Yeah, it's amateur. Jason, you got now you're twins, right? You get you got twins. And then Mia. What? Three yeah, you're three, right? Three's, I mean, three's, you go from man to man to zone. Right. So, yeah. So you got well, to kind of figure from, out how to navigate that. Two is like, yeah, you mean, get this one, I get that one. And well, two, we yeah, one and two are easy because there's enough adults to grab each one of them. When you have three, you know, I went from one to three. So all of a sudden it was like, oh, the two of us can ma manage one. Now it's, we have two kids to manage one adult. So it's complete opposite. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know. I'm not putting anything on record. I'm just gonna I'll leave it at that. So, um, but uh, so since you do have nine kids, what what <laughs> what systems do you put in place? And I I respect I 100% respect that mentality of hey, I just want to do enough to support my family, and I'm good with that. I don't need a mega operation, but you still need to manage your transactions. Is there any websites or any technology that you've implemented to help you remain a one-man team or so, one and yeah. a half? Um, about three or four years ago, I, like, I realized that I'm, I can't properly service my clients anymore just by me. So there's, as your kids get older, they get more involved. Number one, they need, as you get more kids and as those kids get older, they need a little more attention and a little more time. You can't just, you can't just say, Oh, daddy brought you home a candy bar because you were well-behaved. You have <laughs> to like, you, you got to go out on a daddy daughter date. We've got right. to do things here and there. So it, I didn't have the time. I had more clients and I had to devote time to the family a little bit more. I, I just realized that like, I can't, I can't, you know, I, I can't serve my clients. So I was looking for a transaction coordinator for like six months. Um, I got a lot of referrals from people, a lot of recommendations. I settled on uh, uh, a transaction coordinator based out of Denver. I think it's the coordinator team. 
Uh, I could probably message you about it later. I could put it in comments later, but yeah, comment that. That's a good resource, I think, for any real estate agent. And I, and I can tell you the one I've I, the one I've had so far for the past year. I've just had an exclusive one assigned to me. She's been just dynamite. It's a virtual one. I pay per transaction, and from contract to close, like eighty percent of the administrative stuff done. I don't even got to worry about. It. I just get an update on. It. It's like all right, good to go. Like it's, it's just taken so much off of my plate and it's made, it's made life easier. I can, I can sit there and pay a little bit more attention to each of my clients. And, and before we go under contract, I can really give them confidence. Like, look, this is a good decision or we should price at this price because look at this little thing. I can, I can really sit there and, and focus on each transaction this way. And that's helped a lot. So it's, it's, nice. it's been a really good thing. Nice, nice, nice. Ian, we got anything else for Chris before we check uh, Instagram to see if there's any questions over here? There's not. I mean, that's why he doesn't have any employees. He's got, uh, you know, nine kids to stuff mailers stuff, for him. When I send out my calendars, when I send out the magnets, yep, they always get a kick out of it. It's like a little assembly line. I should actually, that that should be something I should actually Instagram or something one of these days. Absolutely, so make content, pretty make fun. content around it. It's like when I used to brew beer, they wanted to help me bottle the beer and they wanted to crimp all the bottle caps on. Oh, yeah. they, wanted to, they wanted to taste all the flavors. Yeah. <laughs> well, the good news is he's building this business from the ground up and uh, in no time flat, he'll have nine agents uh, under him, right? So. My yeah, so my my sixteen year old daughter, one of the first things she's going to do when she turns eighteen is get her license. Yeah, I think that's a that's an awesome piece of advice. You know, that everyone's going. We can have the great college debate later, but I think that's an awesome piece of advice. Something always to um <clears throat> to fall back on. You know, uh, I, a friend of mine, something similar. His daughter was going to go to college, and she said, "No, I want to go get my cosmetology license, and then if I can." do college, I'm going to do it on my own. Uh, I just want to have that to fall back on. So I think that's a, you know, anyone that's young out there listening, that's a great piece of advice. You know, it's something you can always fall back on. Yeah. So Chris, man, we thank, uh, we thank you for uh, jumping on here. I know you're road tripping back to North Dakota to retrieve uh, the family here next week. So have safe travels. Um, you uh, leave us with this anything. Was that? Is this the first time you've been home by yourself in uh, 15 years? I can't remember. I think I've spent a couple of days by myself, but oh, oh, hey, here, uh, God, you two probably aren't the right person to ask this, but so my business partner Chris hit me and our buddy Glenn up last night with this question, and I'm going to ask you guys this question. Let me just find the let me just find the question real quick. Yeah, I think it had. I think it was. Um, hold on one sec. Hold on. What was the last restaurant you sat down at and when? Oh my god. <laughs> um it was Primanti Brothers. What in, day? Um it was in West Virginia. We were coming back for the from Junior State Wrestling in West Virginia and we stopped at Primanti Brothers on the way home with some of our team. So that was like the la the first weekend in March. First week in March. First first week in March. <laughs> Ian, do you know yours? I couldn't even tell you, man. I'm just, Isn't I, that sad? That's yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain. I, I can't. I, so, I can't. So I, 
I didn't know, but I, so I had to look on my calendar uh, to see, you know, where I was in early March. And, you know, I was at a soccer tournament in Richmond uh, with my son and we had a team dinner on Saturday, March 7th. Uh, That was the last one. (laughs) I think it was, I think it was March 8th. We were supposed to have our league finals the next weekend. And like on Wednesday, Everything hit the fan. They canceled March Madness. They canceled the NCAA wrestling tournament. And it was just like everybody was going through meltdowns. So, like, that was an abrupt halt, but it's been okay. It's been good. Yeah, we'll be back online here shortly. Yep. So, yep. Um, but, yeah, Chris, if uh, you want to leave us with anything, any any last comments or thoughts and how people can get a hold of you or where they can find you. Um, and when you head back to North Dakota, uh, you know, Thank you for producing a great quarterback out there in North Dakota State. Carson Wentz. Yeah, man. But, um, yeah, you, where, where can we find you online? And do you have any uh, final thoughts for us? Um, this is going to we'll, – we'll be fine. I think the second half of the year is going to be barring – barring any major things, I think the second half of the year is going to be a very good year for home buyers and home sellers. If you want to get a hold of me, call me at 240-426-9520. You can look up the Krishisnik group on Facebook. K-E-R-S-H-I-S-N-I-K. The Krishisnik group. Maybe I'll leave a comment. Probably best yeah, comment. if I just leave a link. But, yeah, comment um, that below. And, and we service Maryland from Baltimore out to Hagerstown, down, in, down into Low Montgomery County and PG County, all the way out to uh, – Annapolis. Uh, I serve a lot of Northern Virginia all the way down to Quantico. I got some Marine buddies down there and I'm out in West Virginia in Winchester, in Martinsburg, all the way up to Hagerstown. So 70 corridor, 270 corridor, 95 corridor and 81 corridor. I, I, we can take care of you. So I'd be happy to help anybody who's interested. Nice. Hit them up. Yeah. Big footprint. All right, Chris, we certainly appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> we we certainly appreciate it. And we'll uh we'll be we'll be in touch. Stay safe, stay healthy. Great Thank job, you. guys. Thanks for all you do. See you. Thank you. Later. Yeah, man. Some good good stuff. Uh, so I, sure. I like nine kids, man. I like to... <laughs> wow. I mean I know two Yeah, I know two people with nine kids and he's he's one of them. He's the only forty year old I I know with nine kids. <laughs> Oh the, the, other, the, other, the other people are older. Um, no, but good stuff. I love bringing real estate agents on because, you know, they all have their own passion and kind of what they do in their in their markets and the way their business is set up. And the, the, the beauty of real estate investing in real estate, uh, being a real estate agent or in general is you can, you know, success is a very, is very different for every single person. Um, and I do agree with Chris's model a lot more um, for for better or worse, I'm not saying it's the right model, but I do agree a lot with his model of, you know, I want to keep something that I can handle internally, I can control, it's, it doesn't get out of whack, I can give good customer service to, to the right amount of clients, it'll spit out the amount of income that I'm comfortable with. Um, and, you know, I don't have to absolutely kill myself. And, you know, there's a beauty. And listen, uh, you know, a lot, e- lot, it's a lot easier said than done of working by referral, obviously, like that doesn't just happen overnight. And, uh, you know, most people have to market and, and generate business. And I can attest that he used to market 
at the beginning. You know, he did when he didn't he didn't have a huge sphere of influence locally. But, uh, you know, he had just when I met him, he had just moved out here, um, you know, and he, you know, re- recently. So he didn't have a huge sphere of influence to go after. But, you know, he hit up people. He did the B&I groups uh, and, you know, did direct mail and did whatever he could. And then after he got to that place, and that's a good thing to be in eventually, is you get it yourself in a good position. And then moving forward, you know, your inner circle refers you deals. It makes it easier. But I, I like his business model. I mean, there's an argument that you want to be a gigantic, uh, you know, agent, you know, Craig Northrop style agent, where you're just involved in so many transactions and have a huge team and you have this and it's just a, a kind of a giant business. And that's OK, too. I'm certainly not against that. But it just depends on who you are and, and what you want to do. It's it's the same thing with real estate investors. You can make a really good living flipping four, five, six properties a year, wholesaling a deal here and there, buying a few rentals as a one person operation, or maybe even less than that. Or you can go out and, you know, do a hundred. Uh, yeah. No, I was just saying, I, I just have a lot of respect for guys like Chris, you know, uh, even my business partner, you know, we, 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 I think I finally come to the realization, you know, that you don't need to be this massive cog that just goes and goes and goes, you know, or whatever, the massive machine that just produces cogs, right? Like there is something to be said. And Chris is in a really good spot now that he's not Mr. I need every single agent under me. I don't need this massive group. He's probably in a better position than most because he gets the service. A, he gets the service of clients he wants to service. So long-term, that's great for him. And B, um, the fact that he doesn't have a massive marketing budget, a massive overhead, a massive everything right. else, it puts him at a more of a competitive advantage uh, right now, comparatively speaking, to say some of the bigger teams. He's not sweating bullets. People yeah. aren't helping shit. It's just, all right, I'm Chris. I'm here to do some deals. And when I find them, yeah. they're going to work yeah. out for me and they're going to be great. So Yeah, I mean, I'm, yeah, I mean I'm, you know, unfortunately, if, if someone wants to, you know, he's never going to be able to autopilot that business. He's never going to be able to sit on a beach, you know, for a year straight and still conduct business and get the same paycheck uh, and income coming in. But, you know, people think they want that, but they really don't. And the people that do have that ability to do it, they'll never do it. And the ability and the people that don't have that ability to do it want to do it. So, you know, it's, you know, he, you know, he's happy with, with with his setup. Yeah. And a guy like Chris, you can tell he has purpose and meaning in his life. He knows his why. Right. And, you know, do you see a guy like Chris or myself or you ever going to the beach and turning it off for a year? There's no way, you know, a man without a purpose is dead. I heard that statement. I was like, man, that resonates because I always dream. Everybody has that dream of saying living that lifestyle. But I think a lot of us will be so unfulfilled if we don't have something going on and we don't have a purpose today. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think if you fill your why and you understand who you are and what makes you go, which Chris obviously does, and we hopefully all we do, um, you know, I think it really helps drive your bottom line and it drives where your business is going. And, uh, I'm still, you know, now that you've mentioned restaurants, I just realized how hungry I am and I still can't think of what the last restaurant I was in. Yep. So if, if you're just hopping, if you're just hopping on, answer this question for us in the comments below. What was the last restaurant you sat down at and when? That was a question that was asked to me yesterday. I did not know what the answer was off the top of my head, which is sad. And everyone thinks it's sad. And then I had to look on my calendar and I realized it was on March 7th. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, 
I mean, that, that's crazy when you think about it, man, you know, just how everything's interconnected and where real estate and how everything's all related. Um, I mean, there is good news coming out of South Carolina. There it sounds like they're opening up. It sounds like Georgia's opening up. It sounds like Texas is making the push. Um, I watched the Las Vegas uh, mayor push back against uh, what's her uh, what's his name? Anderson Cooper. She was going at him hard talking about trying to get Vegas open. So I know people are chomping at the bit. Uh, senators, governors, everybody's trying to do their thing and do their part. Um, you know, and the question is, how can we all capitalize on it or how can we sustain our business? Or more importantly, how can you stop your business from shutting down um, if you're in that position? So hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel and we're almost there. Um, and we'll see. Let, let me go. Let me go through these few quick things and then let's we'll give everybody a teaser of what's happening tomorrow. Fair enough. Let's go. William, February. So you didn't even go out to eat in March. Okay, not bad. William, last one was February in Texas Roadhouse. I like it. Um, you also sent everybody uh, sent Chris's Facebook page. So thank you for that. If anyone wants to get a hold of Chris Krzyznik, and then TJ's follow up question was: uh, When you come to a hard money lender, should all my figures um, be figured out related to my rehab team being a figure with each contractor? So what I would suggest is having um, having a, a solid estimate in, in place. It doesn't have to be perfect, but you should, you should know. I mean, I, I wouldn't reach out to a hard money lender without looking the property ahead of time. Uh, obviously on the front end, you might want to reach out to the lender and ask them what their requirements are or what their appetite is. That's a good thing because, you know, if somebody tells you they can only lend 50 or 60 or 65% of the after repair value and you need to put down whatever, 10%, 20%, 30%, like make sure you have that in play. You don't want to waste your time if, if, you're, if it's not going to work anyways. But after that's in play and um, you think you can work based on their parameters, then certainly, uh, you know, take a look at the property and you don't have to have the contractor bid buttoned up perfectly, but you should have an estimate. You know, you, because if you don't have an estimate what, what you think uh, the construction costs are, to be honest, you're not even going to know how much to buy the property for because that has such a big impact on it. So the construction numbers are huge. And as you uh, get more experience and as you are inside more properties and you, you, can, you can eyeball it a little bit better, maybe not perfectly, but you can be like, you know what, based on this, I think I'm gonna need this, 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 and this. It's gonna cost me $50,000, give or take. Um, and then you can go off that number until you really nail it with the, with the contractor and figure out exactly what the number is gonna be at. And I'll, uh, I'll comment from the other side because Jason's a lender. Um, but if you're new to the game and you don't have much information on what you think it should cost, I'll give you a little tip here. And I don't want to waste Jason's time. But what I would do if I were you is I would call the lender um, and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking at this deal. What do you think you would lend on it? And they're, you know, sure. Just to say, look, I'm super green. And they're going to start to give you an idea of what they're going to lend on it. And that should give you a relative idea of what your budget should be. Because if they're not going to lend that amount that you're thinking what it should cost, it's probably not a good deal. Yes, now times are probably a little more strict um, and a little less LTVs and stuff like that. However, in the grand scheme of things, you should have a good idea of how to back those numbers out. And then if your contractor is telling you 100 grand, lenders only willing to lend you 50 grand, you know, somewhere between 50 and 60, you know, your, your contractor's off. Um, in the grand scheme of things, the lenders don't want you to fail. So if you see that, that's a good way to gauge it. The other thing is do the three bid method go out, get three bids, 
You don't like those three bids, go get three more bids. And eventually the data is going to tell you what's right and what's wrong. That's um, right. The quickest and easiest way and the great way to build relationship with lenders. Now, don't call them with every single deal you have and then don't do any. But go shop around a few deals that you think you want to do and see what they say. And then just kind of work your numbers out from there. And then you're starting to build rapport and relationships with lenders and contractors. Um, so that's my tip. That's kind of how I got started. Um, you know, you got to go out and ask questions. It's the best way to do it. So I, I can right. even jump it on here and ask you a question. Uh, give everybody some insight. What time are we on tomorrow? One thirty. The twelve thirty tomorrow. Jerry Law. Thirty. Uh, from let, me, let me check. Let me check my calendar. <laughs> yeah, we're going golfing. Go to the movies. Eat. Get some going on. Um, go ahead. Jerry Lots, twelve thirty tomorrow. CSSI. Don't ask me what it stands for. Cost segregation. Something. Um, he's going to jump on here and tell us as real estate investors, how we can save additional tax money. Um, the new cares act, I got to look up here. The camera's here now. Um, the new cares act is actually providing real estate investors potentially with a huge tax savings and look back. Uh, we're going to discuss that. He's going to do a good 20 minute presentation with an actual case study of a property, um, and how somebody saved, I think six figures plus on their taxes on a $2 million deal, which is huge. Um, so that'll be super exciting. Check that out. So I'm excited to have him on here tomorrow um, and see where he takes that conversation. We're actually new. We're, we just started using his services. Uh, so I might be a real life case study here in a few months, um, but I'm super excited to find out more about it. And, and, he, and he knows he's not allowed to sell or pitch or anything like yeah, that. We, yeah. This is an you know, that's we don't do any of that stuff on any of these. Uh, that's not the point. The point is, it's a new concept, and it's a concept. Uh, I, I'm curious about. I'm curious about the concept. So it's a it's a concept. I mean, in general, it, it looks like this. So, and we explained this a little bit yesterday, and we're, and Ian's kind of going through it with him now, and I'm just kind of hearsay. But what it seems, it's what's it called? Cost segregation. Is that right? Yeah, cost that, segregation. Okay, so it's exactly kind of what it sounds like. So for instance, your typical rental property, you can depreciate over a 27 and a half uh, year period. But apparently what happens is they go, this, you know, a company like theirs will go in and kind of audit uh, your setup based on properties. And there's certain items in your property, capital improvements in the property that you could potentially depreciate over a shorter period of time, which could potentially benefit you. So for instance, let's say it costs you $8,000 for a new roof. You know, instead of depreciating that over 27 and a half years, you might be able to depreciate that over three or five years and get uh, a quicker immediate benefit of that. Uh, but on the, on the down, you know, on the other side of it, you know, you might not want to depreciate everything in year one or year two or year five, you might want longer term stuff. So I guess they have software and tools to analyze it, to see what's the work works the best based on your situation. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And if anyone wants to search it, do some research. So when he's talking tomorrow, you have a better idea. Um, it's also called, it's either called cost segregation studies or uh, bonus depreciation has been the new hot button word um, out recently. So um, I think when uh, we had the tax change here a few years ago in 2017, that became a big popular word about bonus depreciation. Um, so we're going to learn how it all works. And like I said, we're a real live case study. It's, we're not selling. We're not pitching. Neither is he. He's literally just giving us real live data, a concept and a case study of how it works. And hopefully you can apply it to your business or save it in your toolbox for a day that you can use it. So with that being said, I got nothing. I think the draft's on tonight. Um, 
I wonder who's going, you know, that's what we should ask everybody. Who do you think's going number one? I mean, I think it's pretty obvious, but um, if Glenn's still on here, maybe he has some insight, but I would assume Burroughs is going to Cincinnati. And uh, I think for all you DC guys, sounds like uh, what's his name from Ohio state, Chase Young, uh, is his name Chase Daniels, Young, Chase, Chase something, the defensive end most likely wound up uh, at the Redskins, which means the Eagles fan is probably not a good thing. So, yeah, you're asking the wrong person. I have no idea. Are you not you football ask, you, you can ask. You, you can ask Glenn. I'm waiting for Glenn to jump. Uh, I'm, in. A, I'm, a, I'm in the sport of personal finance, business, and marketing. Those are those are my hobbies. Well, fair enough. That's fine. All right, we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Yes, <laughs> and uh, I I can't debate that one. I mean, I, you know, so. I do I do I do follow sports as well, but I'm not like fantasy craziness could give a crap. Yeah, I, and, li- I, and, li- and and listen, man, you you know who you know who explains uh, the fanatic. Um, what's the word? Let me think of a good way to describe this. Remember when we saw Tony Robbins speak. Yeah, you know what I'm getting at. Related to how people are focused on the wrong things. Mm-hmm. How you know there's a lot of big wins that we all have in our life, in our in our personal lives, or in business, our careers, whatever the case is. And it's great. Like you, you win a big deal, right? And all of a sudden, you know, you're happy. Um, and you're like, cool. Hey, let's celebrate, whatever. And you're, and you're happy. And that's like, you know, you, you think back and that's like the best time that you, you know, the best accomplishment that you ever had. Right. And then he, you, then he used an example of like, think about when, uh, and he said this two years ago when we saw him, he's like, think about, you know, cause you got up on your freaking chair and said, fly Eagles fly. Uh, you know, think about when your sports team wins. You know, you freaking go freaking crazy, screaming, yelling, drinking, freaking gallivanting around town, doing all the craziness to a team where you have no relationship to. You've never met a player. You don't even right. know if some of these people are good people. You have zero, you know, it has nothing to do with you. And you're on 10 over here instead of being, and you're on one over here when you have a huge personal win. You know, you go out and you lose 30 pounds. You, it's like, yeah, and then it's over. But then your team wins, and all of a sudden you're all the way up here. So I don't know. It's, well, it, that, that concept was very interesting to me, and it's yeah. and it's true, and it's true. It's a hundred percent true. I don't think enough. Of, I think with a time like this, you know, um, is that now is a time for people to stop and celebrate their wins or look at their losses and really take yeah. a look inside. Um, that, or you just need to have six more kids and you'll have your own fan, all your own fan base. <laughs> so no but I don't, even know, I don't even know what that means but okay go ahead chris he's got nine kids he's got a whole family so I, I just can't get over this i'll probably be talking about it again tomorrow i'm gonna ask jerry how many kids he has <laughs> so. that should be our first interview question for everybody yeah everybody oh you don't have nine kids you can't be on this thing do you? <laughs> so uh, like how dare how dare you yeah so anyway but um all right i guess we'll catch you tomorrow and uh see you then 12 uh, 12 1230 we're gonna try to uh we're gonna try to pump this up a little bit um share this with any of your friends tomorrow that own rental properties because the topic we're talking tomorrow is gonna be very very interesting catch you guys later thanks for tuning in to the real estate reserve podcast do us a favor and like comment and share our broadcast it helps the algorithm and helps us spread the word too till next time thank you for tuning in